0: Welcome to the Developing Leaders, Impacting Kids podcast, a podcast all about sharing ideas, tips, and strategies to help you develop as a Kidman leader. Thanks for listening to today's episode, featuring a favorite presentation from one of our training experiences. To download today's show notes or to learn more about our certification program, training intensives, and Institutes of Children's Ministry, visit our website, cogop.org children. All right. We're going to talk about how to get organized, how to get organized, and how to stay productive. Um, ideal number one on your notes. anybody need notes, or do we all get them? Okay. Number number one. Just like anyone else, I battle distraction and opportunity overwhelm on a daily basis. I, I get distracted like crazy, and I also, because by nature, I'm an opportunist. I see, I, I, um, I'm very good at chasing shiny objects. If something is shiny, I chase it. And, and I've had to learn how to not chase every shiny object that comes my way and how to handle opportunity overwhelm and how to manage distractions. Now, I don't always get it right. I don't always get it right. I'm still learning. And what we're gonna share today are things that I am learning and, uh, and I hope that I can learn from you as well as we open up some conversations. Letter B, productivity is one thing we should all strive to be excellent at. Productivity. My favorite verse, my life verse, I don't know if it's my life verse, but it's my favorite verse. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do. Do it heartily, the King James says, how I memorized it a long time ago, Ask for the Lord, not for man. Hey, anything you do, anything you do, do it heartily, work heartily, work, right, work. So it's got to be something I put a lot of energy into, and then I put all of my heart into it. Why? As if the Lord himself had asked me to do it. Now, but by the way, this will keep you motivated, engaged, productive if you realize that, you know what, I don't, I'm, I'm not just here to serve my pastor. I'm not just here to serve uh, the elders. I'm not just here to serve these kids. But you know what, ultimately, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything I do, I need to do it with all my heart, I need to put everything into it as if the Lord asked me to do it himself. I think, letter C, the battle, is, the battle for focus is one that you will wage daily and the fight never ends. Right? Especially in this digital world we live in. I mean, anymore our watches beep and vibrate at us, our phones beep at us, our email chirps, our, we get Facebook alerts, the phone rings, somebody knocks on the door, the kids come in. I mean, it's just, we live in a constant world of distractions and the, the inability to stay focused, and more than likely, it's not going to get any better. Uh, however, letter D, sometimes the simplest things can make us more productive than ever. Sometimes the simplest things, it's in our head, it's in the way that we think, and it's in choices that we make. So I'm gonna share with you 10 ways to stay productive. Now, I just gave away that book, Beat the Clock by Jim Weidman. The 10 things I'm gonna share with you are not things, I'm not, I'm not coming to you as I am, I have arrived at productivity, you need to learn from me, I trust me. You can ask my wife, she's here. I battle with this every day. So, but what I'm gonna share with you are 10 things that I am learning, and from my experience, and from learning and listening to other people. Because I think one thing that I've got to do and one habit I've developed in my life is to identify people that are productive, people that can stay focused and get things done and then learn from them, one of them being Jim Weidman, that I just gave away his book. So I'm going to share with you 10 things that I've learned myself, 10 things I've learned from others. Let's start with number one. Everybody say one. 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 All right. Get back to the basics. A good night's sleep. How many of you remember what a good night's sleep looked like way back before kids, right? A good night's sleep. It's no secret, letter A, that a good night's sleep is the key to a great and productive day. And by the way, most adults need eight or nine hours of sleep a night. Now, I'm amazed at some people that can get by with four to six hours of sleep. You know, Jerry Falwell was that way. Remember Jerry Falwell? I mean, Jerry Falwell had the ability, he only slept about five hours a night, and then he would take about a 30 minute power nap in the middle of the afternoon, and he could do it. I'm one of these guys, I've gotta have my eight hours. And I, really, I think a majority of people need their eight to nine hours of sleep. Why? A few reasons. B, when you sleep, your brain literally recharges. And it's a really neat thing to study. And I've, I've got a whole seminar on this topic, and it's quite intriguing. What happens in our brain when we sleep. I mean, it's literally that recharge. And that's why you know you can adrenaline. You can get you can come to something like this, and for a couple days you can work off of adrenaline and not much sleep. But then what happens? It hits you hard, right? Your body, your brain tells you, "I have got to get the rest that my body needs." Now, here's one of the greatest secrets that could help you because you know we've got uh, how many of you have little kids at home still live at home. All right, so the day of sleeping in for me is long gone. Now, maybe it'll come back again. But uh, we've got our girls, we've got two, uh, five, three girls, two, five, and ten. And so far, maybe when they're teenagers, we keep hoping they'll like to sleep in on Saturdays. But they don't sleep in. And so 7 o'clock, they're up, right? But that doesn't mean that I can't sleep in. I read this from Wayne... Um, I never pronounce his name, last name, right? He's written, he wrote a book called I want to say Corrego, but that's not it. He's got a book called Leading on Empty. He pastors churches and churches in Hawaii, which is another great book, Leading on Empty. In this book, he talked about sleeping in, letter C, on the front side of the clock. This was a concept that totally rocked my world when I heard this. You get your best hour of sleep. You get your your brain gets its best. You get your best sleep. Your body gets its best sleep. Somewhere between like twelve and two, midnight and two in the morning. And uh, you need to make sure you're sleeping during that. I don't know why I'm not a doctor, but doctors will tell you you need to be sleep during that time. And you need to get all your sleep. Now, in in my situation, where I can't sleep in because I've got these little girls who won't let me sleep in, or you got to you got to get up and you have got to go to a job. Wayne Cordello, I think is how you say his name, talks about sleeping in on the front side of the clock. In other words, hey, instead of going to bed at midnight, and I'm going to sleep in until 8 or 9 and get my 8 or 9 hours of sleep, maybe I go to bed at 9 at night, and I sleep till 6 or 7, and I get, what? what is that, 9 or 10 hours of sleep. He goes on to even make a case, he goes to the book of Genesis, says that God started each day in the evening, and so you look at the day God said, God made the, the evening and the morning, that was the first day. Evening and morning, that was the second day. So he says, your day doesn't have to start when you get up, your day can actually start when you go to bed. So get to bed at a good time, if you can't sleep in. point is... Get some sleep. This will help you stay productive. With me on this, say yes. All right, number two, don't turn on your computer or check your email first thing in the morning. Now, this is going to be a challenge for you because I guarantee you, you're tempted like I am To the alarm goes off, and what's the first thing you want to do in the morning? You want to lay in bed. Do any of you ever want to lay in bed and you want to check your email and you want to go through and real quick delete all the junk that came in through the middle of the night so that you've got a fresh, clean inbox. And then you get to the office, you get to the church. First thing you do, check your email again. All right. Here's the problem with that. All right, let's get into some of these points. Um, Letter A. Don't. Resist the temptation to get sucked into checking your email or Facebook in the morning. Or Facebook, alright? This is another thing that we can get sucked into. Why? B, when you check your email first thing in the morning, you allow others to set your agenda for you. So if I check my email... In fact, I I try not to check my email in bed in the morning, I try not to check it until I've been to the office for an hour. Why? Because otherwise, in my brain, I'm thinking about the emails that demand a response, things people want of me. And all of a sudden, instead of me controlling my schedule, I have in my agenda and what I need to do today to stay productive, I am allowing other people to tell me what to do. Now, time, I love this next quote on your, on your notes letter, C. Carl Sandburg said, Time is the coin of your life. It's the only coin you have, and only you can determine how it will be spent. Be careful lest you let others spend it for you. All right, and, and if I don't choose how I'm going to spend my day, more about that when we get to the next point, other people will choose how I'm going to spend my day. Now, if I have a job and my job is customer service, then you know what? My job is for other people to dictate my day. All right, That's what I get paid to do, is to help people solve their problems, deal with customer support, customer care. But if I am not in customer service... And I, and I want to control my agenda, my schedule, stay productive. I cannot allow other people to tell me how I'm going to spend my time. All right, I can't do it. Letter D. Ephesians 5.16 says, Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time. Or making the most... Of time. So, if you're going to stay productive, don't turn on your computer or check your email till mid morning. Instead, I'm going to give you something else I think you need to do. It's number three. Everybody say three. three. Number three. Plan your day, plan your week. Plan your day, plan your week. Now I'm going to get real practical with you. All right? Dale Carnegie, letter A, says this, said this, an hour of planning can save you about 10 hours of doing. Plan your day, plan your week. Now, I'm going to tell you what I do, and then, now what I do is not necessarily going to work for you, but I want to share with you some principles that I hope you can adapt to your life to help you stay productive. Set aside an hour at the beginning of every week just to think and plan out your week. Now, I do this almost religiously every Sunday night. All right. We we have still have church at our church on Sunday nights, but I get home from church. I get the girls. We get the girls in bed, baths in bed, and then I sit down and I plan my week. What are the big things I need to get done this week? But remember the, the point here is letter number three: plan your day, plan your week. So it doesn't just go there. I would encourage you to complete letter C, a daily productivity sheet. Prioritize what needs to be done every day. Now, this is something that I now I don't do it when I travel like this, but when I'm at home, I do this every day religiously. It's become a habit in my life. I have created a. In fact, here's the one from Wednesday. All right, we left Thursday to come here. So Wednesday, I've got a productivity sheet. And uh, what I've got at the top are some goals. Now, these goals that I keep at the top... By the way, I recently changed the format of mine... Um, I added these goals probably a month or two ago. These are some big picture goals that I have that I just want to keep in front of me. All right, so I look at them every day. But then I just have two parts. Now again, I'm sharing this with you. Yours might look different, but I'm telling you how I've got mine set up. I've got right here people in red print. People I need to talk to today to move projects forward. So my goal is that no matter what I do today, I've got to make sure I talk to these people. And then I have priorities. The main things I must accomplish today no matter what. And I create a short list. So what I do every morning is first thing, again, I've not checked my email. I've not checked my Facebook. I'm not going to allow other people. Now, here's the caveat of this. When you're in ministry... All right, you serve people. And we know that one phone call can change your entire day, right? One knock on the door, your passion comes in, I need you on that. So this isn't something you live and die by. But if you don't have a plan, you're never going to hit it. So my plan is every day, I, first thing, I'm going to write down who are the people I need to talk to to move projects forward and what do I have to get done today no matter what. Now I'm basing that off of... All right. What I've got to make sure I get done this week. So I'm kind of reviewing this and tracking my progress. Now this for me has been a game changer. I've always been pretty good at keeping a to-do list and uh, checking that to-do list. But when I started probably eight or ten months ago creating this daily productivity sheet, my, the stuff I got done that I wanted to get done, ramped up so much more. And I've kind, of, I've kind of lived by the fact that, hey, I'm not going to let anything else trump this stuff. Now, relatively anything else. We know what it's like in the ministry. But I'm not going to allow for random emails or random... Pro- I've got to get this stuff done. All right? You're tracking with me? Plan your day. Plan your week. Have a plan. Have a plan. All right, let's move on. Any questions so far? Any questions? All right, let's go to number four, everybody say four. Number four, avoid meetings. Avoid meetings. I think meetings are one of the biggest time wasters on the face of the earth. I really do. I think more gets said than gets done and you find yourself sitting around and I hate, me- now there are some meetings I can't control. I'm gonna give you some tips on this. Um, letter A, every meeting should have an agenda. And I'm a strictler on this, because I spend so much of my life in meetings, I am a strictler on there's got to be an agenda. What is it we're wanting to accomplish? And then B, uh, what is the desired outcome? Alright, so what is it that we're hoping to get done in this meeting? And then you want to make sure letter C, to take notes of important points, especially next steps. Again, why? Because we don't have, we don't need to be wasting time. So, what is it we want to get done? How are we, and then what do we want to accomplish? Okay, now we're going to jot down especially the item, the action items that are going to help us get there. All right, and then we're going to review at the end. Okay, what are what are the what are the steps we're going to take to get this done? And I think this is good. I mean, if you leave, hey, if you have a church staff meeting, any kind of meeting, you've taken these notes, then you need to go back by yourself, and E, you need to harvest, what I call harvest, the the next action steps. In other words, from this meeting, what is it that I've got to get done, otherwise I'll forget, so that I can move this project forward? Now, I said avoid meetings whenever possible. It's not always possible, is it? Uh, if you're you know if you're not in charge, if your pastor calls a meeting, hey you've got to go right you've got to there are some meetings, but when you can control them, when you can control them, make them as uh, as brief as possible and make them as effective if you're stuck letter F if you're stuck going into a completely useless meeting which I'm part of those are you completely useless meeting. Take stuff with you that you need to read or review. All right? Now, you got to be careful. You know, I know my pastor gets funny about if everybody has their computers open, he doesn't think anybody's paying attention. So maybe you can't take your computer in there, but maybe you can take your notebook or you can take some flyers or you can print out the curriculum and you can kind of review it as everybody else is talking about this stuff that has nothing to do with you so that you're actually being productive, getting something done. All right, But avoid meetings whenever possible. <laughs> Sometimes you need meetings. And by the way, this will be a good hint. There have been times where there have been people that have driven me insane. Like even volunteers have driven me insane with questions all the time. And one thing that helped, and still to this day helps, is, is to set up an every other week 15, 20-minute meeting with that person. You know what? In, the, in what they they develop the habit of saving their questions for that meeting. By the way, if you track your uh, if you track your distractions, so we all I think a part of leadership is we get distracted. You're going to find that most of your distractions, 80% of them come from three or four places or three or four people. So you just need to learn really when it comes to distractions, it's not like how am I ever going to deal with all this? Most of your distractions come from three or four places, three or four people. Maybe it's email, maybe it's your phone, maybe it's one or two people. And if it's people, set up a regular meeting with that person and say, hey, will you do me a favor? I want to have a meeting with you to go through this stuff. Save your stuff for the meeting unless you have to. It'll take that distraction away. All right, let's go to number five. Everybody say five. All right, number five. Do you know what that stands for? That is an acronym. And I don't know where the first time I heard this acronym. I think I read it in a book or an article somewhere years ago. But here's what the acronym stands for, if you want to write this down, is that procrastination is the thief of time. And... I print off that acronym, P I T T O T, on a piece of cardstock and laminated it, and I keep it in my office. I have for years so I can look at it every day. Because we all can be tempted to procrastinate, can't we? We can all be tempted to procrastinate. And what we often think is, we think, well, I'm going to put this off, we don't call it procrastinating, but I'm going to put this off because I'm too busy and I don't have time to get this done, when in fact, because we procrastinate, it ends up costing us more time over the long haul. One of the best secrets to help with procrastinating is Tim Al- or, uh Tim Allen, David Allen's. I didn't think Tim was right. Tim Allen, what's he on? He was on the what was the name of that show? That home improvement show. Tool Time. David Allen has got this book uh, on time management. He talks about his two minute rule. His two minute rule. He, and, but David Allen is a kind of one of these management gurus, and I got, got signed up on his list years ago, and every once in a while I get emails from him, and one thing he talked about is two-minute rule is this, that if you think of something that you need to do, uh, and, and you can get it done in two minutes or less, don't bother writing it down on your to-do list, just do it and get it done, alright, so... If you think, hey, if you think, you know what, I need to email somebody real quick, or make a quick phone call, or I need to go take care of this, and you can do it in two minutes or less, just whatever, just stop and do it. I don't bother writing it down. Otherwise, you end up procrastinating, put off, you just build your to-do list, you get all this random stuff that you could get done in two minutes It just sits there, just... Crank out, grind away, get it done. Uh, Don't procrastinate. I love Proverbs 27.1, don't boast about tomorrow. You don't know what a day may bring, right? And so choose not to procrastinate. I wonder, by the way, how many of you keep some kind of a to-do list? Raise your hand if you keep some kind of a to-do list. All right. I wonder if you took a look at your to-do list, how many items have been on there for over two months? Honestly, now I'm just guilty. I'm, pre- I'm preaching to the choir. Okay, I'm just a guilty here. We all have things—those few things—that just sit there week after week, month after month, and they don't get done. Figure out just how to get that stuff done. Get those. You ever, you know, it's getting those monkeys off your back. You ever feel like you've got any monkeys on your back? Some of those monkeys are things that have been on your to-do list forever that you just need to get done. Um, don't procrastinate. Just get it done. All right, let's move to number six. Everybody say six. Disconnect from the Internet. Oh, give me air, right? Um, disconnect. Yeah. Some of you are beginning to get the shakes already. Um, According to research, about half of your time on the Internet is spent procrastinating. About half your time spent on the Internet is spent procrastinating. The Internet, letter B, can keep you occupied and unproductive for hours and hours and hours. So you just got to disappoint yourself. Stay off that thing. Just stay off of it. Um, for... For some, I've got a few ideas here. These might seem a bit extreme, but maybe this will be a good place or a good way to help get you started. Let us see. Maybe you need to have scheduled times when you're going to check your email or scheduled times where you check blogs or you surf the Internet. And you've only got a certain amount of time, then you're done. Schedule it. Now, I know some people that schedule it. And some people, I only check my email two times a day, or I only, and I've never really gotten to that point. But maybe for maybe for some people, that would be a great spot to start. You know, I'm not going to start my, I'm not going to allow myself to get online until noon, and I'm going to get the, get in the habit of spending the mornings doing things other than stuff that's web related. D. Um, maybe you need to again. I feel like this could be an extreme, but maybe it'll help. Maybe you need to get a timer, all right? When the timer goes off, I'm unplugging, all right? I'm unplugging. But from the internet will help you stay productive. Let's move to number seven. Be a starter. Everybody say starter. Be a starter, that's right. Timer, timer, letter D. Yes. Is that right? Yes, do it on a timer yep okay, B is starter, B is starter. Now we all want to finish well, and uh, we want you know we want to we think of Paul pressing toward the mark. everybody wants to finish well but you can 't finish well as you start well, right and so start b a starter the hardest part I put on your nose letter, a is often just starting b. I found that it especially hard for me to start when a task is difficult or complex. And maybe for you, this is some of that stuff that's been on your to-do list for over two months are things that can be a little overwhelming, they can be a little complex, they can be a little difficult. Here's a secret. Just get that project moving, even if it's just for a few minutes. I found if I can just get moving on a project, it tends to get easier. Now, have you discovered that in your life? I don't know how that works but just simply getting the ball what rolling all right things start moving along just by getting the ball rolling be a starter um, now some of you are your great starters your horrible finishers some of you um, it's just you're your horrible starters but once you get started you'll grind away and you'll finish be a great starter start to be productive Letter at number eight, learn to say no. Learn to say no. Do it if you have a hard time saying no. Yeah, need something done at the church, yeah, I'll do it. All right? Somebody asks you to do something, yeah, I'll do it. Your mom calls, yeah, I'll do it. Your sister calls, yeah, I'll do it. The kids want to do this, yes, 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 yes. Uh, the, two most, hey, the two most powerful words in the English dictionary, I think, are yes and no. Because think about it. They determine the destiny of your life. The things that you say yes to and the things that you say no to determine your destiny. They are powerful words. Um, The more difficult, letter B, the more difficult you have saying no, the more likely you are to experience stress, burnout, and even depression. Now, how many of you honestly raise your hand if you have a hard time saying no? All right, about half the room. Now, here's something that helped me. Uh, is, you know, I, I don't know where I heard this, but one time I was sitting in a room like this, and I heard a pastor or teacher or somebody say that one day the Lord showed him that when he said no, he wasn't saying never. Instead, what he was saying, I put this on your notes, it can mean I'm saying not right now. Okay? So, give me an example. I used to like to play golf. Now I was never really good at golf, but I enjoyed playing. And so I would go out with some guys in the church. We'd go early in the morning, and we could get done by 8:30 or so. Everybody could get to their work. And and so we would every Tuesday morning go play golf. And then Lucy was bored. And we start and then you know what I found that it was difficult to leave in the morning or go golf in the evening. And so I cho- I've chosen really probably for the last ten years to say no to golf. I golf every once maybe once every two years. I'll go out and golf if maybe, but I've just kind of said no to golf. Now and by the way, if you're a dad and you golf, that doesn't mean you're a deadbeat dad. Alright, we all have to make our own choices. I'm, this is just for me. I chose, I also sold my motorcycle when Lucy was born. Um I, I, I was always, I found myself paranoid. I live in the cornfields of Indiana with deer. And I was always paranoid going between these de- cornfields. Like, I know a deer is gonna jump out in front of me. Lucy was born, I don't want to be a paraplegic dad. I'm just gonna sell this thing. Doesn't mean I'll never buy a motorcycle again. No. Um, another example, I, you know, we have you have the opportunity to go on a mission trip, or you have the opportunity to serve on a board of an organization in your community. Maybe now is not the best time, so you say no. What will really help you is if you understand that saying no doesn't have to mean I'm saying never. That I'm never going to help that organization. I'm never going to take that second job. I'm never going to volunteer going on that trip. I'm never going to pick up golf. What it can mean, I'm saying not right now, not at this point in my life. That can be a game changer. What you say yes to, what you say no, and hey, if you're a people pleaser, it, you've just got to learn to say no to, to some things. You just do. You got to learn to say no, hope you stay productive. All right. Let's move on. Number nine, everybody say nine? Number nine. We're doing really good on time. All right. first do we have any questions on anything. Any questions? No? Good. Thank you. That's right. Learn to say no. It'll shape your destiny. Is that you? It's all right. Very good. No. All right. You're too afraid to say yes. That's probably why nobody raised their hand, right? Thought I was going to chew you out. But number nine, eat the frog first. Now, what on earth does that? Mark Twain, look here. He said this, eat a live frog first thing in the morning, and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. All right? So my point is this, do, letter B, the difficult tasks first. This is why, this is why I, one of the reasons why I do a daily productivity sheet. Because otherwise, I would fill my day with the things I want to do and not the things I need to do. Right? But that's one reason why, by the way, this will help you with your email. All right? You answer your emails in the order that they come in. You don't answer your emails by the newest ones first. Otherwise, you end up with a long list of emails that you've been putting off. Right? It's first in, first out. And so I'm going to answer my emails first in, first out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start at the bottom and work my way up. All right, I'm going to eat the frog first. I'm going to deal with the difficult emails first. I'm going to deal with the difficult projects of the day first. And then you reward yourself because I've done the difficult things today. Now I can do the fun stuff, the stuff that I want to do, and not have those monkeys hanging on my back. Not have those things hanging around that have to get done. That you know what? I end up probably procrastinating, not doing until tomorrow, and then until the next day, and then until the next day. See, I just said this once you've done the hard stuff, then you allow yourself to do the fun stuff. Eat the frog first. All right, number 10. Number 10. Get the right tools. I think this will help you stay productive. Get the right tools. Um, now, let me share with you some tools I use, and then I'd like to hear from you what are some tools you use, all right? I use an iPhone. Now, I, I like my iPhone I because it syncs with my Mac, my laptop, they they are always together. I, it syncs with my watch. Uh, I use an iPhone. I'm able to keep productive even when I don't have the internet, when I've got idle time sitting at the doctor's office or wherever I am. B this is what I do. I, I I say what I I dump my tasks or my to-dos into reminders. Now I use a Mac, and so kind of the native app on a Mac for your to-do list is reminder, it is called reminders. Now there are different apps, different programs you can use to keep to-do lists on. But I, I just have always used reminders because they sync so good between my phone and my computer. And so what I mean by dumping tasks. And as leaders all the time thinking of stuff that you need to do right? but if you don't write it down or capture it right away you'll forget about it how many times have you done that so if I think of something I need to do oh yeah you know what I need to talk to this person I mean, I just get my phone out open reminders and just add it to the list so my reminders ends up being this dump list I dump all this stuff just as I think about it it's not organized again People, the way you organize might be different, and that's fine. Everybody's got to come up with their own system. But my system is I dump to-do lists when they hit my brain. I don't rely on my brain. By the way, your brain was created to dream and to think, not to remember things, right? And so I've – it's a good excuse because I can't remember things. Uh, So I've got to capture them. So I capture them in reminders. Now, for you, maybe that's a a a, a notebook you keep with you or a a, a notepad on your phone. But somewhere where you dump tasks, then I keep my notes in Evernote. Anybody else use Evernote? Okay, three or four of you. Now, Evernote works on Macs or PCs, either one. But here's why I love Evernote. I mean, I I keep every, I forward every important email to Evernote, I keep all of my files, my meeting notes in Evernote, my Word documents, my PDFs, everything goes in Evernote. Why I love it is because, here's why I love it, because I always have my notes with me, I've got everything on my phone and everything on my computer, and I love the search functionality. Now, you can do a lot of stuff with Evernote, but I love the search functionality. So, give me an example. If you've got, if you keep notes in, let's say Microsoft Word documents, so you've got all you have all your curriculum Word documents, all your meeting notes for Word documents, you've got all these Word documents with all your plans for everything, and then three months later, four months later, year later, hey, you know what? When did we talk about doing that um, marshmallow drop at uh, for the Easter for an Easter outreach? You know, if unless you have. Title your file name in Microsoft Word "Marshmallow Drop." Your computer is never going to find it, but with Evernote, Evernote can search every word in that document, even in Word documents, PDFs, even handwritten notes. Hand- I mean, it works like magic. It's pretty cool. So if you're like me and you like to whiteboard things out or you use the big uh, 3M sheets of paper, you can take a picture of your handwriting. By the way, you can even take a picture of these notes like this. Take a picture of it with your phone. Save it in Evernote. Evernote can search your handwriting and find words based on your handwriting. You guys aren't acting like that's cool. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Nobody even said ooh or anything. All right? So check. if you don't use Evernote, it's free. You can pay to get more storage space, but the basic Evernote is free. It's a great way to help keep you organized and find stuff that otherwise gets lost amongst all these random files on your computer. D, I plan my week on a legal pad. I'm just telling you the way I do it. So I plan my week on that legal pad that I help help every Sunday night I rip out the five or six sheets of paper, I start over. Who are the people I've got to talk to this week? What are the things i got to do for the church this week? What are the things i got to do for Kids Matter this week? What are the things i got to do for this this week? And I just make these lists of priorities of what I need to get done this week, all right? And then, as I mentioned earlier, every day I use a productivity planner. And that determines what I'm going to get done day by day. Again, knowing that things can change now. Thanks for listening to today's episode to download today's show notes or to learn more about our certification program, training intensives, and institutes of children's ministry, visit our website, cogop.org children.